Speaking of things that still work so you keep on using them, inflation was once again the attack line from the official opposition today. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev in the House of Commons quoting former Bank of Canada Governor Mark Carney's assertion that the sources of Canadian inflation are primarily domestic. The Prime Minister accusing the Conservatives of not taking inflation seriously because they oppose Liberal initiatives. Most of it is now domestically generated inflation. And this Prime Minister is responsible for that inflation. Why won't he take responsibility? Why isn't the Conservative Party that says it cares about affordability stepping up to support on rental and dental? Why won't they support Canadians? Again, speaking of things that work, so you just keep on using them. Two familiar lines there. The Conservatives blaming Trudeau for inflation, which is a global problem, and uh, Trudeau saying the Conservatives don't support uh, a government's agenda, which is understandable. Meanwhile, not far away at the Bank of Canada, we're expecting another interest rate hike tomorrow to combat high inflation. That's been the remedy. Keep raising interest rates. We've had it happen five times since the beginning of the year. We're expecting a sixth tomorrow. It could jump to as high as 4%. It's at 3.25. Now, don't forget, it started the year at 0.25%. At the beginning of 2022, it was 0.25%. Last week, we spoke with economist Peter Stanford, who believes the Bank of Canada is going too far too fast and that it's doing more damage than good for many Canadians. It's like we're driving into fog, Ben. And when you drive in a fog, you should slow down, honestly. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen globally. We should wait and see what's happening to the Canadian economy. It's quite possible we are already in recession. Uh, recession is defined as two quarters of shrinking real GDP in a row. And the, the quarter that just finished, the July to September quarter, we don't have the data on yet. We won't get it for a few more weeks. But there's a good chance it was negative, in which case the recession uh, has likely already started. And the idea of actually increasing interest rates further while we're already going into a recession, uh, frankly, would be a disaster. Then it's not going to be a short recession. It's going to be a long, painful thing. It's going to be like the recession of 81, 82 or 1990 to 1992 all over again. That's economist Peter Stanford there. You can find all our interviews, if you've ever missed one, on the A Little More Conversation podcast, anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. But to move from that, uh, while a quick move to raise interest rates is meant to help tame inflation, it's also putting a strain on the many Canadians uh, who have debt, either through rising costs to borrow or to service what they already owe. Uh, and we have a lot of debt, it turns out, in this country. Uh, so those pri rising prices, debt and looming, looming recession added all to the mix is kind of a recipe for bad news. And joining me with more on that is Doug Hoyes. He's co-founder of debt counseling firm Hoyes Mike Michaelis in Toronto. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Happy to be here, Ben. So uh, just to paint a picture for us, because we know interest rates are up. We know inflation is up. We're talking about a looming recession. It's all kind of bad news on the economic front from, from where, you, where you sit. Uh, just how bad is it? Well, it's pretty bad. And obviously, it affects everyone differently. If your name is Warren Buffett, this is probably not having a big impact on you because you probably don't have any debt. You got money in the bank. Interest rates are going up. You're going to earn higher interest on your deposits. It's all good. If you are uh, somebody who has no debt at all, then again, the interest rate isn't really a big thing for you. But if you are one of the majority of Canadians who does have debt, 
then this is becoming a, a preoccupation. So just l- l- let's talk about some numbers here. So let's take somebody who has a half million dollar mortgage, which used, used to be a massive number, but now across Canada, that's that's not so big a number anymore. If at the start of the year, you had a five-year fixed rate mortgage with a 25-year amortization, and you know maybe you were able to get it for 2%, then your mortgage payment was a little over 2,100 bucks a month. By the end of this month, and in fact, by tomorrow, we expect that five-year fixed mortgage rates could be starting with the number six. We could be up into the 6% range. Well, maybe by the end of the month, depending on how long it takes to kind of filter its way through. That would mean your monthly mortgage payment on that same five-year or 25-year amortization, $500,000 mortgage is around $3,200 a month. So your mortgage payment, and I understand five-year mortgages don't change every month, but I'm just comparing two different numbers. If you'd gotten the mortgage in January versus getting the mortgage, let's say November 1st, your payments per month have gone up by over $1,000. Yeah. Money and, right, out, right out of the economy, right? I mean, yeah. right out of, I mean it's just to service your debt. Right. And that's just the, the one debt on your mortgage. And $1,000, when you started off with a mortgage of $2,100, okay, that's like a 50% increase in your mortgage payment. How many people have had a 50% increase in their paycheck this year? Uh, not many, I'm guessing. And that's where it's it's squeezing people. And I'm, I'm giving you one example. I mean, you could take the example of someone who has a HELOC, a, a line of credit. Again, if you started the year with a 2% interest rate and it's going up to 6%, then on a $100,000 HELOC, you've gone from 167 bucks a month to 500 bucks a month if it's an interest-only deal. That's a 200% increase in your, your payment. So again, it's, that's what's squeezing people. It's a big chunk out of their budget. And of course, we haven't even talked about inflation. Just on the debt side, though, it's, it's a huge number. Yeah, what are you seeing firsthand? Are you seeing... A reflection of that in the work that you do? We are, but it's very interesting in that there is a big time lag. So as you said, Hoys Michaelis and Associates, we, you know, we do debt counseling, we're licensed insolvency trustees. So when people have more debt than they can handle, they come in and see us, we do a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy for them if that's what's appropriate. And you would think, oh my goodness, with interest rates so high and inflation so high, we are probably as busy as we've ever been. And amazingly enough, no, we aren't actually. The number of insolvencies being in file, personal insolvencies being in f- filed in Canada today is about as low as it's been in 20 years. I mean, it's gone up a little bit over the last three or four months, but it's it's very low. I mean, that makes no sense. Why is that? Well, it's because during the pandemic, we were able to increase our savings and pay down our debt because a lot of us were stuck at home. We couldn't go on vacation. We didn't have to pay for daycare because our kids were home. We weren't putting gas in the car, weren't going to a restaurant or getting our hair cut. So we were actually able to pay down our credit cards and our savings went up. Now, of course, we've been eating into that over the last you know, six, seven, 10 months, but we still have a bit of cushion left. When interest rates go up, it doesn't immediately cause a catastrophe. It's a slow motion train wreck, not an immediate one. So I think if you were to survey all your listeners, they would say, well, yeah, my variable rate mortgage went up, but you know what? I can take a couple of bucks from my other line of credit. I can maybe get a cash advance on my credit card. Maybe I can work a couple extra hours overtime. You can bob and weave for a few months. And that's what we're doing now. We're in the calm before the storm, I think, right now. 
And I think the real big problems are going to become much more apparent probably in the spring and the summer of next year when we've depleted all our savings. Interest rates are even higher. Inflation may still be high as well. And we just can't make a go of it. So we're, we're in the early stages of this, I think. Yeah, we're reaching that point where the time we had to save during uh, the height of the pandemic is now slowly being caught up to by the amount of time we've had to deal with, you know, record high and or at least the highest inflation we've seen in 40 years and rising inflation rates. So it's you're right. There's still some time there. But um, so, so what would be the I mean, what would be the right move then if you are someone in a situation where you're now taking on debt or depleting what you'd saved up? I mean, maybe you went into this whole environment better place than you were four years ago. But as the money starts to dwindle, there are obviously some things that you need to do before you reach that crisis point that you think may happen uh, in about six to eight months time. Yeah. And I think the number one thing you want to be doing is looking ahead. So, okay, what happens if my payments continue to go up? What can I possibly do? A lot of people are now picking up side hustles. Well, maybe I'll drive or uh, Uber on the weekends or something or pick up a retail job to go with my other job. But you can only work so many hours a week. So that's not a, a long-term solution. Mathematically, the only other thing you can do is attempt to reduce your expenses. So, okay, I'm only going out to a restaurant once a month, not once a week, that sort of thing. But even that, cutting expenses probably isn't enough to make a significant dent in your budget. Again, if your mortgage payments are up by $1,000 a month, skipping a restaurant meal isn't going to solve the problem. So I think we're going to see a lot of people taking more drastic action. You know, maybe I got to go move back in with my parents. Maybe, you know, I, I don't need to have two cars. I only need to have one. Are there any assets I can sell? We aren't quite at that stage yet, but I think that's the discussion a lot of people will be having the, with themselves over the next few months. If you're the Bank of Canada, you must be looking at this thinking that's what we want to avoid. I mean, it's one thing to try to raise in interest rates to tame inflation. Everyone understands how that works or and just how successful it's been is another, another matter for debate these days. But obviously, the one thing you don't want to do is start to push a whole bunch of Canadians into very dire financial shape where all of a sudden they're taking on more debt that they can afford to pay back and the cost of servicing in that debt is going up. It's not clear to me what the Bank of Canada wants to do. I mean, I, I don't quite understand what their strategy is here. Yeah, I get what you're saying, that inflation is high, and we can debate why inflation is high. But okay, inflation is high. I understand if you increase interest rates, that curtails demand. We don't buy as much stuff, and therefore prices come back down. Well, I guess the time to be raising interest rates was six months to a year ago then, not, not now. So they're a little bit behind the eight ball. I remember, I guess it was a year, year and a half ago when the governor of the Bank of Canada said, well, this is transitory, meaning Indeed. short. Well, okay, I guess if transitory is four or five years, he was right. If he was talking more short term, not so much. I think it's clear that what he said was a mistake. My assumption would be, well, I made a big mistake last time. I'm not making the same mistake twice. So yes, I'm going to keep raising interest rates because what I'm going to do is bring inflation down. And if that means we have to have a recession, if we have to have a real estate crash, if we have to have a lot of people out of work, well, I guess that's what we got to do because my number one thing is inflation. And if that's what he's thinking, then I guess we do see a 50 or 75 basis point to raise tomorrow. And we probably see another one before the end of the year. And almost for sure, we are in a recession in 2023. I think we're in one now, but we're for sure in one next year. And that will, I guess, 
tame inflation, but it will cause a whole lot of hardship for a whole lot of people. That seems to be where the train is headed. When we look at what you can do, I mean, obviously, one of the things you don't want to be doing now is taking on debt to pay off debt because your debt's just getting more expensive to borrow, to pay back debt that might be, I mean, it's hard to say, but it feels like further debt's just the completely wrong idea. And I say this because I was looking at some stats in a Toronto Star article that you were interviewed for as well, where, you know, credit limits on credit cards are up. It looks like people are are relying on old forms of sort of borrowing to pay back, which which are a real deep hole to get into. Borrowing to get out of debt, you're right, makes no sense unless it's a very short short term thing. If I got laid off from my job, but I know I'm going back to work next week, okay, then I guess it's not that big a deal to be putting some stuff on my credit card. But I think we're into this for much longer than a week or two. I think we're looking at six months, a year, year and a half, whatever. So I, I totally agree with you. Now is not the time to be incurring more debt particularly if interest rates are going up because the debt you incur not only is a bigger number, but you're going to be having higher carrying costs. And it's the carrying costs that kill you. The reason everybody's been able to get a million dollar mortgage is because, well, if interest rates are only 2%, it doesn't cost me that much. But as interest rates go up, everything costs more, credit cards, you know, loans, whatever. So if you want to focus on one thing, then yes, focusing on reducing debt now is the number one thing to focus on. Now, obviously, I'm a debt guy, so I'm a little bit biased on that. But the the first thing you can look at is, do I have different kinds of debt? Can I shift some of my high interest rate debt to lower interest rate debt? So if I have a credit card and a line of credit at the bank, well, can I take some money from the line of credit to pay down the credit card? Because then I'm shifting from a, a higher interest rate to a lower interest rate. You're not going to be able to do that forever. And I suspect if the situation gets worse, the banks are going to say, hey, we're going to start capping your lines of credit. We're not going to let you have any more than than what you need to, to have. But in the in the short term, whatever you can do to reduce debt, by all means, do it. And certainly if you've got super high interest rate debt, like payday loans, for example, or finance company loans where the interest rates can be 45%, those are the ones you want to absolutely focus on paying down because costs are just just far too high. And I guess even a small step makes a difference, right? Even a certain amount of money is better than, I mean, you can't solve all your problems at once, but even a small step must work. Yeah. And you don't have to take our word for it. Do the math. So say to yourself, okay, well, if I was able to pay an extra hundred bucks down on my credit card, how much could I save? So there's all sorts of online calculators out there. If my credit card balance stays at this much, what's the interest rate or what's the interest I pay? If I was able to pay down an extra hundred bucks, how much does that save me over the course of a year? And I mean, I guess the math is pretty simple. If your credit card is at a 20% interest rate and you can pay it down by a hundred bucks over the course of a year, you're saving yourself 20 bucks. That's 20%. So yeah, crunch the numbers and uh, and see what you can do. Yeah, I was looking at Canadians owe $1.81 in debt for every dollar of income they make, which is, uh, which is a sobering number heading into what we think is some tough times. Uh, Doug Hoyes, thank you so much for your time and your advice tonight. It's been great to talk to you, Ben.